Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I have some good news for you. The hottest take. It's back. Oh, yeah. Monday through Thursday, four times a week, you hear from me, Chris Ryan, Sean Fantasy, Mallory Rubin, Wazdeen Lambrey, Van Lathan, Julie Lippman, many other ringer staffers. You get one take, you got to defend it to the death. Sports takes, pop culture takes, food takes, airplane takes. Oh, yeah. It's coming back. First episode drops August 29th. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. We uh we uh we we out here in uh we out here in uh where we at where we at where we at tonight huh? oh uh um yeah we are on the forty first side of things and um this is Bob D <laughs> you gonna you gonna kill up the drink away the pain beat what is happening <laughs> I'm not even talk I'm not even gonna talk about the glass you just poured up um. Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Mike Peters. We're your Sound Only co-hosts, here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts and ask our deepest, darkest questions about the millennial lifestyle. What the, what the frick happened at Rolling Loud? What are these headlines out of Rolling Loud? <laughs> That's my first question for the millennial culture is what happened at Rolling Loud? Oh. ASAP uh, Rocky got stuck in a mosh pit after his set got cut short, you know? And um, also, 21 Savage is upset. I cannot say exactly why. Nobody else can really say either, it seems. Um, this is, this is one got. of those. This is one of those days where this is sort of the upside of not having Twitter is that you learn about certain type, types of events very cryptically throughout the day in the form of oblique text messages in group chats and people just from this morning talking about rolling loud and, and then, Tyler the creator updating his Instagram profile picture yeah, it's like, yeah. I don't know what the discourse actually is sundry then, <laughs> like you know Instagram accounts clipping from you know other people's Instagram stories like hidden in why this is how this is like this is how this stuff this information is getting to me now you know yeah. and then I saw the 21 Savage tweet Rolling Loud will never get a show out of me ever again. And it's like real traumatized energy in that tweet. Like he's not even, he refused to elaborate on what he's even talking about. Like, nah, like they know what it is. That was like, uh, like, you know, <laughs> I mean, just like speculate. That's, that's like, I, w- I would like to end this entire thing, you know, with speculation also. Over, because I'd be like, that's emphatic. That's an emphatic statement to make. But again, like again, like this is we are now making a lot of smoke about nothing because we still don't know what happens or what that means or anything about it. Really, that just you know, we felt like we needed to address it. Yeah, ain't got a clue. Sorry, sorry to this man. (laughs) Sorry to this man. I wouldn't know a thing. (laughs) Sorry to this man. Um, the closest consolation I can I can give listeners of this podcast is for once we can talk about 
an artist who I don't actually think we've talked much about on this pod. We're going to talk about a couple things today. Um, this is one of those episodes where Mike and I bring in different things to the table, okay? And this week, we're going to talk a little bit about Kid Cudi. And we're going to talk about Kid Cudi because later this week, after the episode drops, Kid Cudi got an album coming out and he's got a Netflix TV special coming out, right? And it's like, the the TV special was originally, people might remember, it was supposed to be like a series, like a miniseries, animated series. Um, it got condensed into what is now basically like a feature-length film and essentially a rom-com. Like, honestly, that's the vibe of it. It's, it's an animated, yeah. pseudo-psychedelic rom-com um, that I am I'm pleased to report that is actually, like, I've watched in advance of it, right? It's going to be on Netflix. Is pretty good. Like, I thought it was pretty good. I think Ty Dolla Sign is the best thing about it. I think a lot of the character <laughs> stuff is pretty good. I think a lot of animation is pretty good. We can get into right, it. Right. So, like, it is like a like a large like cast of of of. There's Jessica Williams. There's yep. Ty Dolla Sign. There's Timothy Chalamet. There's obviously Kid Cudi. Like, who else? Macaulay Culkin. Seriously, are there any other like surprise like uh, that's it's, gonna Jaden? You know what? Uh, oh, cool. I mean, like, oh, come on, like you know, you knew, you knew, like it's like Cuddy is his favorite artist. This yeah. is like and and Neo Yokio and Netflix. The yeah. it was already there. It was it was it was already in the offing. Tiana but, Taylor, uh, Vanessa Hudgens. I think the best the best people in the cast, honestly, are Ty, like Ty far and away. Ty Dolla Sign is actually really good. Is Ty and Vanessa Hudgens are are MVPs in this in this thing? I will say that. So the animation style is a lot like um, like we were doing like we were texting a little bit about it. This is like sort of like Into the Spider Verse, and they do the sort of Into the Spider Verse thing where they deliberately play with the frame rate as yeah. Kid Cudi becomes more Kid Cudi or like because it, that was more the thing actually that, like, less realistic you know yeah that you saw like um from the beginning of Miles attempting to like hop the fence to tag up a wall in the subway with his uncle to swinging in the woods with uh Peter B. Parker for the first time to the end of the movie where he's like zipping around the super collider. Like is those are all different frame rates deliberately. Like, yeah. you know, to yeah. communicate it, smoothness. What's this shit which uh, this movie also does, to my understanding, right? Yeah. And I would say that like even though it's like it's a technique that people will watch the special, right? And it's you'll definitely recognize the style of animation. You'll recognize the technique. There is something about how it's implemented in this particular thing that kind of, and I otherwise like this thing a decent amount, right? It's just the 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 frame rate thing Mike is talking about is a little weird. It looks less like it's almost like they chose kind of the wrong threshold for it because it is almost like too slight. You kind of want it to be more exaggerated so that it feels more like okay, I get it. This is kind of that really exaggerated, like stutter stop animation of a kind of style but it's like slight enough that instead it looks like video game lag like it looks like the lag in mm. a playstation 3 game a it little feels bit like like pop is happening like around yeah the... and you're like looking at lip flaps to see if they're actually in sync with the script 
it, it mm. kind of it, it's almost like the exact threshold they chose for it made it look weird but that's I, I'm nitpicking there the style like the art style and the animation yeah you're right into the spider versus one thing I would also say instead of pig- piggybacking off the last the previous episode of this podcast right where we talked about cyberpunk edge runners it also reminds me of like basically the last few years of studio trigger stuff right because I feel like that that sort of studio trigger anime stuff, uh, I would say like post Darling and the Franks, um, you know, does a lot of the similar stuff. With, it's a similar color, right? It's the bold colors. It's a lot the of pinks the sort of and liquid splashy yeah. reds and yeah, like the like I'm thinking like Promare, like, yeah, Promare B and A, yeah, um, or or like reminds me of Devilman a little bit, like you know what I mean? It's 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 a it's a whole vibe of the past yeah, it's just years like there's, uh, it feels like every you know <laughs> the the red and blue sort of shading effect um to indicate sort of isolation within a crowd but also like sort of uh like to heighten the stakes and also to make things feel uh, somewhat sexy and adolescent. Yeah, yeah. It feels sexy like hell, yeah. the it, it feels like the J.J. Abrams lens flare thing. Like it's lens flare <laughs> yeah. all over the place. Like yeah. with the like on oh, the chainsaw man trailer. Like you can see a lot of like it's just you know the whole thing feels very music video y. Yeah. Um, but you know, like if the music video is it is is hitting for the entire time that it's on, sure. You know, whatever. I, I'm glad you said that because that is kind of how I would pitch this movie to people. I think the best mindset, because again, this thing started as a, a mini series and then got changed into a TV special. So it kind and it's of, coming out at the same time as an album. Like it's a delivery platform for like music, also. Right, right, and it's like you, you got to come to it kind of. Even though I think there are stretches of it where the sort of rom-com elements of it are like pretty decently written and strong i think overall the presentation is just it's a glorified music video but in in a good way right the whole thing is a glorified music video it's not like they don't do that many snippets of songs from the album but even then i there is this weird segment where they shit on cisco and the brat for no reason that i Man, I, I don't know. That was the one they took me. I was like, "Well, hold on, man. Now. Why am I like, in it? Come on, man. Like, well, yeah. Like, why am I in it? This now, is one I weird in conversation it? in the middle of the movie. <laughs> shitting on on the brat and just I don't know. It was weird. Um, but yeah, it's it it's a music video. It's sort of a music video. All man, out ninety think, minutes. No, hold up now, because I I I gotta take a brief moment because I actually take a bit of umbrage with this. You think that. Kid Cudi could be showing up in Mass Effect suits to his shows if Cisco didn't run up the side <laughs> of a building in plasticky leather and punch a dragon in the face or in a music video. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, so let's let's be respectful. All right. Yeah, and it's funny because like this, they make a point of specifically shitting on the like Unleash the Dragon thong song, like. Like that whole era, Cisco. It's like, come on, bro. Like that. First of all, that shit was fire. And just because you got bad taste, don't be all. Don't come in here with that bougie nonsense, okay? Oh, you were turning your 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 nose up at Michael Bay films that you were getting at five minutes a time. (laughs) 
You don't really want to let me release the dragon. Okay. Uh, that's Cisco <laughs> Corner. Cisco <laughs> Drew. That's Cisco, Drew Hill Corner. Like, this is, yeah, we ride for Drew Hill over here, okay? <laughs> uh, Scott was going to get at me. Get at me. Jessica Williams, get at me. Um, <laughs> but I will say this too. This is an interesting thing, and it's, it's kind of why I want to talk through it with you sort of before people see it more than after because I'm I'm kind of curious about the kid cuttiness of this movie because it's like look a lot of the people in the movie so for instance Cuddy himself Jessica Williams I mean like when you mentioned like there be like Timothy Chalamet yeah. and um um who was the I mean, like, there are obvious, like, people that were, oh, and Jaden. Like, I mean, yeah. like, there being of that, you know, like, the tween fan yeah. that looked at the the Man on the Moon cover yep. of Complex in 2012 and, like, you know, <clears throat> went to the first Complex Con, et cetera. That they are also, like, in the movie as, like, you know, like, there's several generations of Cuddy fan and his contemporaries are in yep. the movie, at like, in the cast, right? Yeah, it's that. And it's also the fact that, a lot, you know, Cuddy himself, the way his character, like, he's voice acting, right? And the way his character is styled is very much like, oh, this is Kid Cudi, right? And then his role in the movie, he's a comics artist, and his his sort of signature comic is Mr. Rager, you know what I mean? And all all the hoes love him, and he loves all the hoes, and uh, what else? It's like, his relationships get complicated, but he he's like angry all the time, but also everything is going his way, and also he loves every woman he sees. You know what I mean? It's like, Everything is is looking up for old Jabari in in this movie, and it's very sort of self. I guess I want to say it's like self flattering in a way. That's understandable because again, it's a it's kind of a glorified music video and a rom com. I get, but that. it's missing like kind of like the slapstickishness of like you poking fun at being like yeah. this Lothario character. Yeah. I, I'm thinking like of there being like you gotta have your Lupo, you gotta have your Lupo in in the in like the Casanova story. I'm thinking about like the like the 2005 movie with uh with Heath Ledger where he pl- like he plays like the Casanova like during like renaissance times and yeah. he has like this um they have like the short unattractive uh like Danny DeVito type character uh played by Ovid Jalili like and his name is Lupo and like he it's just like a very good but he also like brings common sense into like occasionally like introduces common sense into all the hijinks they get into while Heath Ledger is also falling in love with every woman he sees and things are also going his way because he's you know best friends with the archdiocese and like he has protection from you know like the government against all of his many scandalous crimes you know and uh, like how how sad it is that he has to give up his you know ways and find it and settle down with a beautiful wife on the like on like uh, on the veranda or whatever you know like I, it's just some like it's just very but it's also like Heath Ledger plays it like Heath Ledger like a like a total fucking goofball yeah. like um, and I'm thinking like of this one scene where. They literally, because he has to go find a wife, he's just like, his his best idea for this is just to go sit in the town square with a notebook 
and just like look at all the women that pass by, like, and you know, like check checks and X's, you know, <laughs> are we gonna go see this person or not? And it's just such a like ridiculous scene. And but it plays because there's a very like sort of like goof there's like the goofy playfulness is like a part of it like it being ridiculous that this is how you're going to go about finding the 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 person who is going to accept you for the rest of your life but there's a woman that walks by and he's just like oh lupo we have had a vision you know <laughs> like this is that sort of thing like i feel like that would be missing from a kid cuddy story cuz it's just like the mystique is kid cuddy like yeah the so mystique right like let's let's work through that real quick cuz to me when you're really just like, isolated and horny like it's just like that is the like that sort of quote unquote like mystique like the man on the moonness of it like the Mr. Rager of it the this album save my life bro of it is like inextricable from the entire Cuddy experience if you yeah yeah like if you drill down into the actual music making, like the actual like song craft or like the, or, you know, the albums themselves. I'm sorry. Like, I mean, like for me, I'm not running. I haven't run back. Like, I think I might've run back Man on the Moon too, like a couple years ago, but it's just like, you know, it's very like of a time. It felt like it was it was happening when it was happening, and now his voices he is most interesting to me as an instrument that people that were inspired by his music grow up to use him in different places. You know what I mean? Like when he ends up on a Travis song, or he ends up, you know, next to I don't know, pick something. Um, well, I, I definitely, so you're talking about using him as an instrument. That, that's definitely when I feel like he is one of those artists where I feel like I appreciate him best because I'm not one of those people, right, who are just like, I grew up listening to Man on the Moon, and a kid named Cuddy, and he changed my life. Like, I'm on the, the spectrum of it that's like, no, actually, I think I appreciate Cuddy the most when he's on features, kind of like you said, being used as an instrument, right? which is why I think a lot of people like how what his relationship with Kanye was and like his relationship with Travis, stuff like that, right? But I don't know. To me, like what you said just now resonates with what you said sort of earlier about like, for instance, the cast of this this movie, the cast of this special, right? Is like, like someone like Jaden or like the people who kind of are either of Cuddy's like immediate generation or they're the people who kind of like clearly draw influence from him whether it's like aesthetically sonically whatever and i guess i yeah it it reads like it's there is no it, the movie is a lot of i want to say like hagiography like there's just so many different angles in which the jabari character in the movie it, it feels like he's constantly being presented with this sense of like isn't this guy the coolest guy? <laughs> and the movie's kind of shameless about that. It's kind of shameless and sort of winking at you every 10 minutes and being like, yeah, this yeah, is Yeah, but I mean, like, that's also, like, every time Cuddy pops up in something, it's, like, only under the circums, only under the, like, direction that he be, like, impossibly 
cool in a genetically unattainable way. Like, I mean, like I'm talking yeah. about uh, how to make it in America. Mm-hmm. Um, what like what like I'm like everything else he like he's been on. He slides in. He has. He knows exactly what to say that makes him seem just smarter than the person who's been talking for five minutes. And then, like, you know, that person then gets the dumb founded look across their face and their girl who's standing right next to them gets the one on their face like, oh, I would, I, you know, if, if it weren't for him, you... And that's, like, his whole presence in film and TV. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And it, it's, I guess it's just funny to me because, like, we think about, like, lots of, I'm sure lots of celebrities, lots of stars are like that, right? Like, they have this sort of, there's some amount of narcissism in, in their drive. But I guess if we take, like, the perpetual Kid Cudi frenemy, Kanye, right? Like, even Kanye. Kanye with the biggest ego on the planet. Like, sometimes when Kanye makes an album or a special of some kind, a feature, Kanye makes it with at least a few ounces of like, nah, yeah, I'm a piece of shit. Or, yeah, I'm kind of an idiot. Or, yeah, I cheated that one time. Whereas like, kid, like Cuddy in this, there's none of that. It's just, it's all like, I, I didn't cheat. Black like, men don't cheat. When you listen to a Cuddy album, <laughs> it'll be like, you know, damn, like we need to find a way out of this song. And then like Cuddy will be like, you actually need to respect my personal journey. That is like, the, it's like it's, everything is part of his journey, bro. Um, I suppose yeah. it is. <laughs> Uh, but I, like I said, I'm kind of nitpicking because I, I did think it was impressive. I, I think definitely if I liked it and the stuff that did kind of wear on me about it was one, like the frame rate stuff into the kind of hagiography of it. I do think that people, the like you said, the kind of fan who is like, nah, that Cuddy stuff is super formative for me. He's larger than life to me. He's bigger than his music to me. I definitely like I, I don't think it's some I, I went in thinking that like this is such a classic like millennial artist vanity project and it simultaneously is that like in a lot of ways intergalactic is the definition of a vanity project it is what people mean when they say vanity project and yet also if you like kid cuddy and you buy into the kind of the like mythology of kid cuddy i do think it's an interesting like 90 minutes of of his career to be honest with you well you know um there you have it uh if you do so choose to yeah. watch it at galactic i mean like i'm gonna watch it i feel like obviously but it's like if you do so choose to watch it email us about it you know um, yeah also email pod at gmail.com sound only pod at gmail.com also email us if you're at rolling loud um we're gonna take a break real quick <laughs> but email us if you're at rolling loud and explain the situation yeah, and we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back talking about something like way different and closer to the ground. Thinking like this is like we're hard, hard turn into like dad film territory. OK, oh, OK. Um, But yeah, like we're going to when we get back from break, we're going to talk about the outfit and Mark Rylance in a waistcoat, nigga. Why are you so dramatic about Mark Rylance? Please explain yourself. Explain the past eight hours of text messaging. Okay, The Outfit, directed by Graham Moore. As you know, I love a one-setting movie. 
I love a psychological crime thriller. All right. I I I mean like I really I love it, man. I, I am what I am. Um this one, and I also love stunt casting. This uh movie um is about and I mean like this is how like I get I, I went from the description in on Prime it being one of the available movies is about a tailor um who gets caught up with the mob on one bad night. Uh and that's just where it starts, right? So the, the movie just is begins with all of this like Paul Schrader-esque hands on tools doing work with a voiceover. Like, so it's Mark Rylance as a tailor um, in like 1940 Chicago. Uh, and he's like, a, the movie begins with like him basically describing the difference between a tailor and a cutter. Like what the process of making a suit entails. You think that it's only two pieces, but it's actually 38. And making those 38 pieces requires no less than 228 steps. Like they talking about things that are just like, you know, I I also love like when when it gets like all like what are you talking about from the beginning of the movie? <laughs> But with it being like a sort of steady, like comp with, with 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 a with a steady confidence, because I mean, he's just patiently explaining to you how a suit is made, and you wonder how this is going to, like, how this is going to unfold. And the movie never moves really until the very end, and at the like basically at the very beginning when you pan into the store into the storefront, never moves out of the two the three rooms of the tailor shop. There's the back room where he does the cutting. There's the middle, there's the middle gallery where he measures people, entertains customers and guests. And there's the front where the receptionist receives everybody. So the beginning of the movie is a procession of people walking in while he's talking, while he's doing different things. Life is happening. He's taking orders. He's sewing suits. Um, and like just you as the viewer are noticing things that are already off, like the way that different it, because he's talking about like a suit is also about the way that a man carries himself. You have to be in order to make a good one. You need to know if the man carries himself with confidence. Is he more pastels needing to be seen? Is he more browns and checks needing to blend into a hurried crowd? Um like then they have like actors that suit these descriptions as they come through. And then there's no sort of descriptors for people that begin to look like mob figures. Like their hats are just so their suits are tailored in a certain way. They have overcoats. Like they, you know, kind of carry themselves in a way that suggests that there's a concealed weapon somewhere. Um, Things that you just know as a viewer of movies, if you have seen a movie before, <laughs> not like uh, so. And then the like the movie also kind of plays off of those things. So Mark Rylance, Academy Award winning Best Supporting Actor in 2016 for Bridge of Spies, like also was uh, he was in Dunkirk. So there's a. B or C plot, the timeline of Dunkirk is all over the place, involving Killian Murphy, who deserts, um, but, you know, washes up 
on some wreckage and ends up getting rescued by Mark Rylands and his son who are just like, you know what? No, we're actually going back to the place that you just came from because we need to ferry soldiers back to the other side of the channel. Just sort of like very, like we have to do our duty as Englishmen and look at my fisherman sweater and like, you know, I was once a serviceman too, you should, but also like not waving his finger in Killian Murphy's face, just being like, hey, listen, this is what I'm doing and you got on my boat. So, you know, um, and that's sort of like Mark Rylance's presence, like in movies, like he's just very like assured and gentle and like uh, there's just a very, like he's a very calming presence on screen. Um, so like what unfolds is this, like this sort of intra mob intrigue involving like one family trying to take out this other family as a favor to this regional organization of mobsters that they need to prove themselves to. And, like Mark Rylance gets swept up in all of it. Another great part of it is also Johnny Flynn, who plays one of the main gangsters, and also Dylan O'Brien plays the other one. Like, so it's two people that are generally like in rom coms and like, you know, teen dramas, like playing, you know, they're working blue. They're play they're playing like, you know, bootleggers in Chicago. And like Johnny Flynn, who I previous me previously, he's been on some other things and like, but I the only thing that I had previously seen him on was uh, Love Love Sick, the Netflix series previously titled Scrotal Recall, um, where he's just Wait, he what plays, that was Scrotal Recall. Wait, yeah, like so he I... plays Dylan, like the who is just a nothing burger of a main character, hopeless romantic. I will like, I want to make you ham, you know, because that's what you do for people that you love character. Like is just kind of this, I took six bullets and like, you know, in the gut for like the, for the mob boss and I'll do anything. And I have like the, he got like the wild scars on his face. Like he just does like sleazy gangster in a like so well in a way that I didn't expect. And by contrast, like Mark Rylance's gentle presence on screen is mm -hmm. used is weaponized in a really interesting way that I won't say now because you need to watch the movie. <laughs> I was gonna say because like yo, my Micah like I have not seen so much passion and conviction about Mark Rylance, and I listened to Blank Check. Right, which I feel like is the only other podcast, only other people I know in my life going on about Mark Rylands. Uh, but I, this is a good recommendation. I knew nothing about this shit. I knew nothing about yeah, that. Yeah, like, it's also... I didn't know about the setup, the... Yeah. It's just, like, it's really good because... Uh, well, even, like, for one, like, it never, like, it's it's... The 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 movie never leaves those three rooms. Like I said, it's in one setting. And the way that um the control that like Mark Rylance has throughout the movie is 
both like reassuring and foreboding in a way that I can't adequately describe. Um, there's kind of like a moment where he's folding pocket squares across from like the apprentice who's played by um, Zoe Dutch, uh, who was in that like that movie, the 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 Netflix rom com where they were talking about, oh, I overdicted. it. I can't remember the name of it now, but Zoe Dutch is also in it. She is like you know this young girl who works at the front of the shop and has aspirations to get out of Chicago and go to Paris or London or somewhere, anywhere but here. Oh, you mean not okay? Wait, which one are you... Wait, no, we have to know which Netflix thing you're talking about. Because Zoe Dutch is, is not okay, which is an insane movie. <laughs> wait, no, which... No, you're not no, thinking no, I'm not okay. Not okay. You're not a, thinking I'm no, not no, okay. No, 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 no. I am not thinking I'm not okay. Uh-uh. That's <laughs> not, not what I'm thinking about. <laughs> I haven't deeped that one yet. Like, uh, no, but we did we have I, a whole like, episode combo about not okay? And I just blacked it out. We didn't talk about not okay, did we? Which is anyway, this is a tangent. But no, no, I like. Okay. I think I might have talked about ready or not. Maybe that's what you're remembering. Oh, like, okay, 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 okay. Um, like in, in any case, like he's standing across from her while she's upset oh, it up. That's what you're ups. Yeah, there you go. Set it up. Set it up. Um, The like she's standing across from him explaining how she doesn't need help. I'm going to go places. You are not my dad. It's that sort of like, you know, conversation that needs to happen between a shop owner and the girl who works out front with whom they seem to have a paternal relationship. Um. And while she's like huffing and like hemming and hawing, she's folding the pocket squares and the silk is like, I mean, like she's folding them correctly, but when she puts them down, because like the, the, the fabric is so light and you're putting it on hardwood, like the, the silk glides, like, so the squares come undone, like, and it's just like, she's just plopping them down and by contrast, like he's just listening and mm-hmm, 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 folding, and every square is perfect, and he's patting them down perfectly. And then she leaves the room in a huff, and he goes to her end of the table and fixes her squares, and then goes back to his end of the table. It's a lot of stuff like that, like I that I appreciate um, that's in this movie. So yeah, that's a, like this is a blank check and sound only. Now we are gassing up Mark <laughs> Rylance. Why? Why is there like a weird Mark Riley? Anyway, uh, <laughs> I encourage you to find out. You know what I'm saying? Like you can, you can, you can, you can laugh now, but then you're gonna, you're gonna be texting me in all caps after you watch this movie. Uh, <laughs> we will, we shall see. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else? This like, what have you been up to since last time we talked, Michael? Like, is there anything else this week? Uh, that we should get into. Because um, like I said, neither of us really... Yeah, like actually you can watch the Jujutsu Kaisen Zero movie. It's on Crunchyroll now. Yeah. Um, that is another thing that a is going on. A lot of things on. are on Crunchyroll now. A lot of things are <laughs> yeah, on Yeah, a lot of things are on Crunchyroll now, man. Um, but like, um, like, like I'm like you. I'm you, like I'm just like you for real. I'm waiting for a waiting for a chainsaw <laughs> man and blue lock. 
Uh, yes. Yes. We're waiting for some stuff. We're going to get into some stuff. Um, like I said, people should check out the Cuddy thing, Intergalactic. Uh, might have like follow-up comments about the album. I don't know. You know what I really like? The, you know the Cuddy album I like? Again, I'm one of those people who it's just like, I'm not trying to be special. I am a contrarian. I'm not trying to be special. You know, I really like the Speed and Bullet album. Like the one from several really? years back. Yeah, I, I like that like, album. Okay. I just have always remembered that as an affront to both <laughs> to every genre that it yep. attempted to dip its yep. toes into. Yep. However, like it was like I bounced off of it so hard the first time that I listened to it that I haven't attempted to go back to it. And that would be quite the discovery if I was to go back and find out that Speeding Bullet to Heaven was actually good IMO. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, I totally, definitely even how that, that album was branded was very like, I don't know, Cuddy does the thing where he, he's not as obnoxious about it as someone like Tyler is, but he does the thing where it's like, he clearly gestures at like being too good for rap or too good for hip hop culture. And it's like, but sometimes he actually makes that work. He he sometimes makes in a way that a lot of other people who are rap and rap adjacent struggle to sometimes and just come off as condescending. I think Cuddy does sometimes make genre transcendentalism sound good, actually. I like when Kid Cuddy... Again, and I think it goes back to what you were saying about like Cuddy's voice being an instrument. His voice is an instrument in a way that can be thrown at a lot of different styles, frankly. And like, that's cool. Sometimes Kitty doing pretentious shit is cool. Sometimes Kid Cuddy making a fucking animated rom com with Macaulay Culkin and is exactly correct. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. What I don't the the, the early Cuddy shit though I don't, I don't know what y'all see I like Heart of a Lion there you go that's a good early Cuddy song um <laughs> <laughs> listeners okay so what are li- listeners emailing us about this week they're emailing us about Chainsaw Man they're emailing us about the outfit they're emailing us about Rolling Loud if they survive they they're emailing us about um, Intergalactic Intergalactic uh if you please listeners email me personally about the third case in the first Ace Attorney game, because I finally finished that show with my wife. I did not like that case. Case 3-1. Or 1-3, I don't know. Uh, the case of the Steel Samurai, I thought the solution to that case was ass. I thought the justice system, they need to condense the trial or something. Uh, that's all. I mean, nothing else. Chainsaw Man coming out. JJK. <laughs> Trap Lord in stores now. Micah, we you you haven't watched Not Okay, right? I Just haven't watched clear. Not Okay, no. Dog, if somebody wants to Venmo one of us $6,000, we'll maybe consider doing a whole... I might make Micah watch Not Okay, because that, that movie... I watched that shit with my wife. That movie was nuts. That movie involves terrorism, cancel culture... Uh, what? Yeah, like like school shootings. <laughs> school shootings. <laughs> like, like France... We uh, live in a society, the and, movie. Yo, Whoa, I'm not, I'm, you're I, not even wrong. We live in we live in a society. The movie is it though. That movie is uh, nuts. I 
bro, bro. If you ever if you ever have time to watch Not Okay, it's no the outfit. I'll concede as much. If you ever have some time to sit back and watch Not Okay, man, <laughs> and you in the DMX freestyle that ends the movie. It's not really DMX. It's homegirl. What? D- don't even don't I, just go watch. Not okay on that. Listeners, email us about the Zoe <laughs> Deutsch film. Not okay. <laughs> DMX freestyle. Okay. All right. Sometimes I wonder okay. what life's about. Sometimes I wonder why the lights around. It's some slam poetry at the end of the movie. Just listeners, Michael, watch. Smile, not okay. Though your heart is breaking. Smile. Um, You'll find that life is much more wild. If you just smile, motherfucker. Soundonlypod at gmail.com. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Mike Peters. Shouts out to our producer this week, Isaiah Blakely. We'll see y'all next week. (laughs) 